Welcome back to the High School Backups Podcast. Your name is? Kyle, I'm glad that your plastic <laughs> surgery went so well. Okay, <laughs> your name is? Riley. Well, and whose name? What's everyone else's name in this lobby of friends? Okay, well, Riley, you were supposed to say it, but that's okay. Uh, we have Austin the building today pumping his guns like he was at the golf course uh, last weekend. Oh, my Lord. Uh, we also have Jake, who continues to absolutely dog pound on Madden. Uh, we have Justin, who has delicious food, I'm sure, and also has found a very eco-efficient way of getting to work. We have Steve, who forgot his clothes for the gym today, but is still so oh, swole. Oh, don't remind me. Who, who's still oh. so swole. That he could pick me. Trying to be. And I'm so mad. And you have me, Nick, and I, I'm here with my shirt that has a toucan on it that Kyle couldn't figure out because he had drank too much. So, uh, <laughs> welcome. I think to he was hung over it. This is episode 80 of the High School Backups Podcast. We appreciate you joining. Uh, Riley has joined this episode because Kyle's dick is broken uh, in the best way possible. Oh, and by, to, In order to fix it, uh, we asked uh, Riley to pinch his nipple, and it made it worse. So, here we are. <laughs> Um, moving on to our uh, actual topics here. Um, it's pure chaos in these parts. We're just continuing from this weekend. We're getting demonetized to this. It's okay. We weren't monetized. <laughs> we're getting monetized. Exactly. Let's go. I wish. Uh, let's go ahead. We have a couple. Oh shit. Uh, we have a couple news things to talk about today. I didn't even know about this first one. Julie Ertz is announcing retirement uh, from professional soccer. Um, that doesn't come as a huge surprise with Megan Ra uh, Rapino, Rapony, whatever the hell. Uh, Rapino. Rapino. I said it wrong both ways. Yikes. Uh, Rapino. <laughs> um, officially retiring this year. We also, it's quite possible that Alex Morgan retires this year. Um, she is good enough where she could definitely come back for one more World Cup, but also in the same token, she's 32 or 33 right now. So, um, she's definitely up there in terms of like athletes' main lifespan. They need the young blood. Um, so that is definitely interesting. Uh, and, you know, there's a funny comment um, that happened here. So four years ago when Julie Ertz was first on the team, uh, she had just married Zach Ertz. Now, naturally, as all of us are primarily football fans who also like other sports, uh, we, or at least I at the time, knew her as Zach Ertz's wife. And for me, it became important to ensure that I wasn't calling her Zach Ertz's wife because she has her own legacy as one of the better U.S. women soccer stars. She is Julie Ertz, who is also married to Zach Ertz and vice versa. So um, just so I'd throw it out there as she had an incredible career. Um, I don't have the statistics up or anything like that, but I do know that she was a mainstay, especially on the defensive side. Um, she was certainly one of the ones uh, that assisted in keeping a lot of goals out of the way of the U.S. goaltenders. Um, so definitely uh, kudos to her uh, and her time. And uh, hopefully she has more time spent with their kids, go to some more football games, uh, whatever she decides to do with her time. Um I'm going to I'm going to strictly refer to Zach Ertz as Julie Ertz's husband from now on. I'm honestly, yes. <laughs> how shitty he is nowadays, I think that's perfectly fine. Yeah, I'm not even sure if he's going to be playing football this season. So no, we'll he see. will be. He will be. He's still good enough. Um, Tom Schreiber wins PLL MVP. Ironically, though, Kyle decides not to put who actually won the tournament because uh, uh, that is next weekend, uh, I think. Right? Thank you, Riley. Yeah, the semifinal is next week. The quarterfinals were last weekend. Okay, cool. Uh, so they announced MVP Tom Schreiber. Uh, I think he's a, uh, a attacker. I don't know which team he plays for off the top of my head. 
Um, off the top of the knob. No. He plays for the Archers, my guy, and he's a midfielder. Okay, well, I guess that makes sense. Midfielders doing championships. Riley, can't leave you here for the rest of the podcast now. Sorry. You can tell Kyle. No, 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 no. I mean, as much as we want you here, Riley, you can hand the headset over whenever you are ready. Kyle's dick is back to working. So happy. And his nipple. Oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord. (laughs) Hello, Kyle. Happy to have your dick and nipple back. Um, So. uh, That's one of them. But there's no way you're in pain, okay? Anyways, uh, Tom Schreiber, the worst player in the PLL, wins the MVP. Uh, I'm just messing with Kyle because he sat down. Uh, midfielder for the Archers. Thank you, Jake. Um, I have heard this name before as someone who is, uh, you know, a very mediocre fan of the PLL and not a fan of the Archers. I have heard his name, um, and I know he's very good. So congrats to him for winning the PLL MVP. Um, first topic leading right into that is the PLL semifinals reactions. I don't think that's right. I think it's supposed to be quarterfinals, as Jake just said. Quarterfinals. Uh, so... Um, did yeah, that's my bad. All I care about is did the whipstakes win? No, uh, no. No, they got uh, beat by the water dogs. <laughs> then, beat by the water dogs. Okay, then I don't care. So go ahead, Kyle. <laughs> well, you should care. I don't know. What no, you no, no, no. Here's the oh. only real reaction to this: is that the cannons put in twenty on the Atlas and are winning the title. I don't care about anything else. <laughs> well, the Atlas sucked this year, so. Yeah, so do the water dogs. Can't get up to twenty. Ooh. Ooh. Whipsnakes were better than the Atlas, so it's fine. <laughs> uh, you okay, buddy? All in all, it was a great weekend. Me? No, uh, I'm not. <laughs> but it's fine. It's okay, Kyle. I've been there before uh, where Einstein, when he first started getting big, uh, hopped around into my crush, and I couldn't breathe. It's okay. Okay. Well, uh, as Kyle put all of her weight through anyway. recovery of his 20 or 60 pound dog. Landing right on his crotch region. Uh, we will go into the college football week one reactions and talk a little bit about how Colorado's winning the national championship this year. Uh, Please, Foxy. Uh, oh, I, I saw the freaking speech with Coach Sanders. It is intense how this man coaches and how there was a lot of doubt that he wasn't going to be able to do freaking anything with college football. And he just upset, you know, a team that went to the championship. Granted, they got smacked, but still. Okay, okay. Is... Pump the brakes on the TCU just went to the national title game. Well, they they returned three. They returned three starters from last year. Pump the brakes. Is that not factual? Is that uh, not factual this this TCU team? No, last year's TCU team did. But the, was TCU in the national championship last year? Uh, not the same TCU team. It was no. TCU as a college. The, the TCU team was the same yeah. Bro, they, lost, they didn't return 19 the starters. So Their entire the offense team. is in the NFL now. Well, certainly not Max Duggan, so. Max Duggan is a backup. Yeah, he's in the NFL. He's, he's a backup to Justin Herbert. And we all know what happens when the Chargers draft QBs. Uh, Justin Herbert might want to watch out for his long, bro. Yep. Watch out for his lung. That happens <laughs> the one time. It just so happens that Tyrod Taylor continues to follow. Him. I don't know. Every time, uh, every time the Chargers seem to draft QBs, things go weird. They drafted Philip Rivers, got rid of Drew Brees. They drafted and Justin they Herbert. Had, they had Philip Rivers for like thirteen years. That is, yeah, the but they didn't draft a quarterback. This Not really. The dumbest argument kids. I've ever heard. Jesus I'm just Christ. telling you, Justin okay. Herbert. I want to watch his back with the team doctor there. We're gonna go through this, these games here. Mm-hmm. Um. 
I mean, we could talk about which one specifically we want to talk about. We'll end with the Colorado TCU matchup for obvious reasons. Yeah, absolutely. Being it was probably the most exciting. Uh, Notre Dame, 42-3 over Navy. USC, 56-28 over San Jose State. The fact they let them score 28 is laughable. Uh, Utah, that was uh, that was week zero, so that was last week. It's his week one for me, brother. I know. I know. They call it week zero. Technically. You're yeah, going to see Notre Dame and USC on there twice because they also played – they played two Saturdays ago, which is what you're talking about now, and Saturday, which is last Saturday. Okay, well, I'm going to – well, I'll start from the TCU-Colorado matchup. I don't know what the first game of the week was, so. Uh, Go for it. Go for it. Okay, sure. Start with TCU-Colorado. Well, actually, I know Michigan didn't play twice, so. Uh, okay, well, Michigan beat ECU, uh, Eastern yep. Carolina, 30-3. Uh, Mississippi won seventy three to seven over Mercer. That's hilarious. You should look uh, at the Oregon score. Oh, well, that's next because if you thought that was a bad score, <laughs> eighty one to seven for Oregon over Portland State. Oh. Why is Portland? You should be the Oklahoma State? score. Okay, yeah. Well, get there. Shut out Arkansas. Christ. <laughs> uh, Wisconsin, uh, thirty eight to seventeen over Buffalo. Uh, Texas, thirty seven uh, to ten over uh, Rich Rice. Uh, and uh, the Notre Dame, their second game of the year, uh, fifty-six to three over Tennessee State. Yeah, okay, that's weird logo. That's a weird ass logo. Ohio State only wins twenty-three to three over Indiana. They did drop two spots in the rankings. Uh, yeah, so that's interesting. Ohio State looked like absolute dog shit. Uh, Washington fifty-six to nineteen. They went up to eight in the rankings against Boise State. Uh, Georgia with a 48 to seven over uh, Tennessee Martin, uh, USC 66 to 14. Have they played three fucking times? No, they haven't played twice. Uh, 66 to 14 over Nevada, um, Kansas State 45 to zero over SEMO. That's fucked up. You can't just let them score once. Or you can't just let them have like three points. Uh, Texas A&M 52 to 10 over New Mexico, Penn State 38 15 over West Virginia. UNC 31-17 over South Carolina, Alabama 56-7 over Middle Tennessee, Tulane 37-17 over South Alabama, Oregon State 42-17 over San Jose State. The big shocker of the or the second big shocker of the weekend, Florida State 45-24 over LSU, and then the third, actually this is probably the second biggest shocker of the weekend. Um, actually, in some ways, it might be the most. Duke twenty-eight to seven over Clemson, making Clemson go from eighth in the rankings all the way down to twenty-fifth, with Duke going from not ranked to twenty-first. Uh, and last but not oh, least, man. as we talked about briefly, Colorado would beat TCU forty-five to forty-two, moving TCU all the way out of the rankings from seventeenth, if I remember correctly. So, and Colorado twenty-second. So, uh, those are some of your biggest jumps: where Florida State moving up to fourth. Duke moving from unranked 21st, Clemson down from 625, uh, and then um, of course Colorado and TCU kind of almost flipping uh, with Colorado end up 22nd and TCU dropping out. Uh, I guess I would like to start. It. We don't we don't really need to talk about Florida LSU unless we want to. Uh, that game was pretty solid. Um, however, Florida State just outmatched them. So yes, I agree. Fun. Florida State did outmatch them. Okay. Uh, Duke beating. I just Clemson have to rub it in. Twenty-eight to seven. What a <laughs> what a game for Duke. Uh, I looked at the score when it was twenty-one to seven with six minutes left, and I was very surprised. Um, there's been a lot of talk about 
not so much the players on Clemson who didn't play that well, but more so the coaching on Clemson and how it seemed to fall off since Trevor Lawrence, the generational talent himself, has come out of uh, or left Clemson to go to the NFL. Um, what are your thoughts? Uh, Clemson's offense has been stagnant since Deshaun Watson left and Trevor Lawrence hit a lot of problems. It's a lot. It's really telling that DJ Ugalele struggled and then comes out with Oregon State of all teams and looks like a top 10 quarterback in the NCAA week one. And honestly, Clemson needs to figure it out. I don't know whether it's Dabo Sweeney having his hands on the offense too much and not letting Garrett Riley, you know, just cook. Or if Garrett Riley's offense just kind of actually sucks. But he was coaching TCU last year, so I don't think that's really the I don't think that's the answer to the question. So honestly, my reaction to this is that Clemson's gonna really struggle this year and Cade Klubnik needs to figure it out. And so does Dabo Sweeney. Yeah, Clemson just did not look great last night. They were struggling hardcore. All Wasn't game. good. And Duke Duke just outmatched them at every like facet of the game. Like offense, defense, like Duke really just had every matchup Clemson was throwing at him. I don't know what Dabo was doing. I don't know if he needs a generational talent in order to be good, but I mean, who does that's what it looks right? like. I mean, Bill Belichick needs one. Uh, well, he had Matt Castle and went 11-5. Uh, Anywho, uh, so, and let's talk about the last game. Uh, Colorado, who had a, what, 26-point spread? 26? Uh, that yeah, was ridiculous. Uh, 21. 21. 21. Still crazy. Ridiculous. Three touchdowns. Uh, going on to beat TCU. Uh, by three points uh, in a very, very crazy game uh, where Deion Sanders' son, whose first name is... Uh, Shadir. It's Shadir, thank you. Shadir. I knew it was hard to pronounce. Uh, Shadir uh, Sanders uh, coming in with a hot 512 passing yards, including, uh, for the first time ever, four receivers with 100 receiving yards or more, on top of the fact that uh, we had a legend himself Travis, the homie, coming in with a solid first person ever to have 100 yards receiving and also an interception in a game. That dude, Travis, is disgusting. And I've been watching him since Destroying has had him on his vlogs since he was the number one recruit out of high school. And he was disgusting on those. And he's even more disgusting in in real time. Travis, the Heisman hunter? Yeah, seriously. You see him. You see a guy like that. Somebody like Bill Belichick, or even like Cliff. Uh, what's his name? Um, uh, head coach for the 49ers. Cliff King. Kyle Shanahan. Uh, Kyle Shanahan. Like guys like those who love, you know, or even Sean Payton too. Is a guy like, oh, cool. We have a star wide receiver and a star cornerback that can probably also catch punts very well. Who knows? He could probably throw the ball. Who knows? He could probably even play center, but a talented player like that, there are so many teams that are like foaming at that mouth for a player like him. No, honestly, I do want to talk about that Ohio State game a little bit at some point. I know that we're reacting to. I, I have a lot to say about Ohio State, but um, when it comes to Travis Hunter, I mean, the dude's an absolute freak. He played 119 snaps and didn't look tired at all. I mean. He played double the snaps of everybody else, and he still looked fresh at the end of the game. That He's just ridiculous. Um, when it comes to Colorado, I mean, people really should 
have seen this coming. Uh, people were underestimating Colorado because they had all the transfers and different things like that. And honestly, I just think they were doubting Dion, which I think is a stupid thing to do. I mean, he's mm-hmm. Dion fucking Sanders for crying out loud. Um, yep. But the transfer portal in the last two games that we have talked about has played a huge role. Florida State, I think, had the third most transfers in college football last season. I could be wrong about that, but they played the transfer portal game as well as anybody else. Keon Coleman, the guy who scored three touchdowns, is a transfer wide receiver. Johnny Wilson, who was their second or third leading receiver, was a transfer. And Colorado is made up almost entirely of transfers. So this is what the transfer portal has done to college football, whether you like it or not. I actually am kind of happy with it. There's giving a lot of parity. If you are looking to strike for a national championship, your window is through the college uh, transfer portal at this point. And I don't think that can be understated when reacting to what happened in week one. Did you see uh, Deion Sanders' reaction to the transfer portal? I don't what do you remember mean? what I don't remember what podcast he was on. Uh, it's through Barstool. I can't remember which one it was, but he was on the podcast and he was saying that he feels bad for high schoolers coming into college football because it's going to be nearly impossible for a lot of high schoolers to start as freshmen coming in. Because yeah. if coaches coaches going to want to compete, they're not going to be able to compete by starting redshirt freshmen, right? They're going to only be able to compete by taking people who have already been playing at the college level across whatever school they're coming from, right? So yeah, he, he was saying like it feels bad. I don't necessarily think that's true. I mean, UCLA has started. They started Dante, or he didn't start last night or this week, but he ended up getting significant playing time. Dante Moore, he was a five star redshirt. I think he might be a true freshman. Uh, he started. He played for UCLA and played really well for them. I mean, Dorian Thompson Robinson started when he was a freshman. I don't think it's. Ne- I don't think that's necessarily true. It makes it a lot harder. I get what Dion's saying there, but I don't think it necessarily eliminates freshmen from playing. And most of them weren't playing anyway, unless they were generational talent like Marvin Harrison Jr. or Trevor Lawrence. I mean, for the most part, too, as like a freshman, it takes. I mean, because I was back in Columbus State. One of my lap partners my freshman year was. Uh, a junior, one of the junior linebackers, and he's saying that that some freshmen don't, you know, most freshmen don't play at all because they gotta sit on the bench for a while. If they come off the bench, that means they're pretty damn good. So, I mean, it can take time. Even like in the NFL, you know, some rookies sit for one or two, three, maybe even four years before they break out. Like that's just natural. I mean, it yeah. makes it tough, but. That just kind of means if you're a freshman and you're able to play, that just kind of means your level of talent is above others. I mean, you're also talking about the difference between an 18-year-old boy and what is essentially a 22-year-old man when you get to be a a redshirt junior or a true senior. And having four years to build into your frame and and just continuously work on your game, there's a large difference there. Like, there are very few freshmen like Trevor Lawrence who can come in and make a, like, generational impact right away. Speaking of Clemson and how they need to figure out their entire offensive situation. And so, I mean, again, I get what Dion's going for, but I don't necessarily agree with it because how many freshmen were truly competing for snaps anyway? Also, well, he said he only took so he only took like three or four high schoolers yeah. into the class anyway. So if he's saying that like if so if well, I think the point he was making is not necessarily that they're starting in general, but the recruiting classes are lower in general. Because people, if you want to compete right away, like if 
for example, if I'm like Oregon or Washington or Ohio State, I'm not necessarily looking at recruiting freshmen coming in when I could just go look at the transfer portal and get a sophomore or a junior. So I think what Dion was eight was going for is not necessarily that. Yeah, obviously it's hard for freshmen to start. Yeah, I think he was going for that. It's freshmen aren't even really being looked at to join the team in general. Well, only certain teams are going to be that way because obviously yeah. there's going to be the same amount of spots one way or another. Yeah. Like, it also go goes both ways. Another, like, there's going to be, you're going to have to go yeah. somewhere. So. And it also goes both ways. Like, if someone leaves there in the transfer portal, a lot of teams aren't just looking to the transfer portal to replace those guys. They'll look at freshmen and go, okay, if our junior just, like, take Zay Flowers, for example, who didn't end up leaving BC, but, you know, was offered a lot of money in the portal to leave BC. BC wasn't going to go look in the transfer portal to quickly replace that. They're probably looking at, you know, a freshman to either decommit and commit before signing day and or they're just waiting a year without Zay Flowers. Jordan Addison's another good example of this. Pitt didn't bring in any transfer wide receivers after Jordan Addison left. I think they just went onto the back onto the recruiting trail and found freshmen to try to replace him. You can act you can argue that it wasn't effective at all because Pitt looked awful in week 1, but what? Or it could look good for them if they can find a decommit who got screwed over by the transfer porter. Exactly. Cole, who maybe not this year will be as impactful as that transfer, but maybe but in two or three year years. Better. Yeah. So that's what I think. Well, it it also depends on the school, right? I mean, it depends, I don't, it, it depends on the school. It depends on the school. But like, sorry, Steve, I was just answering. Also. No, you're good. You're good. Um, like, what I mean is, like, obviously, would, comparing, like, Boston College to, like, Alabama is, like, kind of... I know that's not what Jake used an example, but, like, obviously, I don't think Boston College is necessarily going to always look for the transfer portal because they don't really get well, that Well, they fucking should have losing to NIU. <laughs> I mean, they should, you're right. I but, mean, like, their quarterback smaller, is a transfer. Smaller now. FBS schools. <laughs> smaller FBS schools aren't really yeah. looking to build from the transfer portal. They're looking to build from within. It's those top name schools like in the SEC, like Georgia, Tennessee, Alabama, or Big Twelve, Big Twelve, uh, Big Ten example. Like, right. The, those are the schools that are looking for the transfer portal. Also, Jake Pitt destroyed Wofford, so I don't know what you mean. <laughs> By the way, look it is bad. also Wofford, but um... I know it's Wofford, but. I'm just saying. In, in the end, Kyle, I think what I'm saying is like, let's say Georgia goes out and gets somebody, right? So they have their blue chip boys coming in that are freshmen, right? And they also, also they played Wofford, get... so my point stands. They didn't yep. look good. They only put um, 45 points on Wofford. They go and get um, a guy in the transfer portal. Like, let's say Zay Flowers did leave and went to, you know, uh, Georgia, right? Instead of staying. Yep. So now BC has an opportunity to maybe even go to someone like a Georgia or an Alabama who one of those receivers who was coming who was highly touted now isn't going to get the playing time he thought he was going to because he was promised whatever by Sweeney or by Saban or by whoever. And now BC, Pitt, those smaller schools that compete year in and year out a little bit, but now they have a chance to go get somebody that maybe not that first year, but that second year, third year as a junior is going to be that like top lottery pick for the NFL because of what his talent was. It's not the coach him right. So I think it creates parity and that's the big thing that yeah. I like about this. I mean main point I is the transfer it. portal has completely changed the college football landscape. That that's Oh yeah. And but the only I'm... thing sorry, go ahead Steve. Well I mean I also think too, I mean the idea of even though the transfer portal definitely opens up a lot to get kind of veteran players, I think you'll eventually it's gonna plateau and you're gonna find a balance because Imagine everybody going in and, in and in trying to get, you know, 
veteran talent, you're going to find that they're gonna, there's going to be a year where, you know, a large number of these transactions probably just don't work out. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, and we saw the draft every year in the NFL. We still draft rookies because even though there's a lot of talent you can trade for, you still need to build up your roster. And I still think realistically there will be a balance to it. I mean, still, and you're a freshman coming from high school into college. The jump from high school to college and college professional, those are big jumps. You could be a big lineman in high school, and you are a tiny puke when it comes to college. So I think even though the transfer portal does affect stuff, you still, no matter what, are a freshman going into a difficult situation. Even if you get on a team, still doesn't mean you're guaranteed to start. You still have to build it up no matter what. But I think eventually there will be a balance to using the transfer portal. That's yeah, I agree, Steve. I agree 100%. Yeah. Jake, I know you wanted to talk about Ohio. I didn't State. watch a single college. Honestly, I just I need to talk about how bad their <laughs> offensive line looked against Indiana and the fact that Marvin Harrison Jr. had like three targets all game and two catches for eighteen yards. Like just do better. I that's all I really gotta say about Ohio State, man. Um they should have dropped out of they should have dropped out of the top five in my opinion. I know they're at number five. I think Kyle's frozen. Um but like they looked atrocious. Indiana did not deserve to be there, or they shouldn't have been on okay. the same field as Ohio State, and they still stuck around. They only lost by 20, and honestly, like, they have some major offensive line issues, and they better figure it out, or their season's going to end real quick. That's, re- that's one of my week one tat takes, and I'm perfectly fine standing on it. Until it gets crashed and oh. knocked over. Bam, bam, bam. Ohio State is my second favorite team behind Notre Dame. I'm living a good life this year with both teams uh, in the top 10. It's a good time. Uh, definitely happy about it. Um, I look at that game, and I didn't watch it. Um, I didn't have time to watch it, and I was busy um, healing. Uh, and so um, the looking at the highlights of it, though, Ohio State did not look in charge of that game, and you expect that game to look like Ohio State is in charge. 50 to 7, something of that nature, and that's not at all what it looked like, and that's exactly what Notre Dame looked like in their second game. So it was very much in charge. And so yeah. that's the issue for me as well. And Notre Dame has looked real good. I love it. Notre Dame hasn't looked this good since uh, the homie was there back in the day. Manti Teo? No, not that fake homie girlfriend. The one, the quarterback right before him. Who knows who it is? You're talking about. Not Brody Croyle. No, that's his name. Yeah, I don't know who you're talking about. That was before my interest in college football, so I don't know. It's obviously Deshaun Kaiser. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, Jake's got to know this, right? I know it, and his name's escaping me, and it's pissing me off. It's Brody something. Go ahead. Tell me. Uh, why are we forgetting Brady Quinn? What are we doing that's this fucking uh, oh, Brody. Oh, yeah, we're forgetting Brady Quinn because he's fucking forgettable. <laughs> he wasn't a college forgettable quarterback. Uh, yes, he is because there are other quarterbacks at the point in time he played that were much better than him. Well, yet they still did really well and you know, almost won championships. So fine. So, uh, anyways, almost. Uh, point being, uh, that was college football talk. We'll definitely kind of mix in some college football talk as we go through the year, especially when surprises happen like this weekend. Um, in with our NFL talk, which will then get really busy in one month's time when we have the NBA and the NHL as well. It is the best time of the year. Uh, playoffs, and then college baseball, 
We got playoff baseball. We got NCAA football. We got the NFL. We also got NHL and NBA starting in a month. It is a great time for sports. I will enjoy this one month of you know minimized sports here, um, which just and then it's about to get crazy and baseball. Um, so it'll be interesting. So, um, yeah, we are going to go ahead and have a little fun and do some predictions here. Uh, we're going to be predicting the Super Bowl matchup that we like. Uh, an MVP, uh, Rookie of the Year, and I couldn't remember if there's anything else on your list. Uh, Super Bowl MVP, MVP ROI, and sleepers. So, yeah, it was just a sleeper, yeah. As in teams or sleepers for all of those categories? Players. Player. Okay. okay. So, like sleeper player, players who like can break out, yeah. Yeah, okay. like I was someone who's going under the radar. Sitting on this, so I might as well go. So I'll start off. I'm going to do it in order. So Super Bowl matchup. Uh, I think it's going to be Denver Broncos versus Saints. Okay. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, Let's I, go. <laughs> Another smart man. Um, <laughs> I, if I had to genuinely put some teams on it, I am going to go with the – why do I just feel like it's not going to be the Eagles? Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I don't think it's going to be the 49ers either, which is interesting. It puts me in It's not going to be the Eagles strictly because when the rookie – well, not he wasn't a rookie, but your first time in the Super Bowl and you lose it, you don't really get back. Okay. Yeah, you never or really you recover from I'm that. I'm going to so. do something that's definitely a little bit of a reach, but it's also more fun of a pick. I'm going to go with the – I'm going to go with the – sorry, I'm looking at the script for the NFL season here. Um, I'm going to go <laughs> with the Seattle Seahawks versus the Cincinnati oh. Bengals. I think Joe Burrow finally makes it. I think Geno Smith has a good enough year, a good solid year, not just better than last year as well, uh, where he makes it where they finally have that third receiver that's really going to push him over the edge uh, as well as their defense is even better. Uh, with that, they drafted uh, Witherspoon as well as they have brought back Bobby Wagner, the leader of that defense. Um, I think that Seattle makes it. I think that the Bengals are pretty obvious in terms of one of the teams you could certainly pick. I think that the MVP or the MVP will be Justin Herbert. Totally Justin Herbert Homer. I'm completely fine with it. Uh, we can move on. I think Rookie of the Year. I think the Panthers could very well make the playoffs. And if that's the case, I'm going to go with Bryce Young as Rookie of the Year. Uh, and then sleepers for this year. Uh, I'm going to do just two players that I think could be heavy sleepers. Not just necessarily fantasy-wise. I'm just Kyle. I just, I'm going to do two people sleeper-wise that I think could be sleepers okay. in general in the league. Um, I think J.K. Dobbins is a huge one. I think he's a huge sleeper as a running back. Uh, first year, he'll be healthy going into the season in what feels like quite a while. Uh, and then I will also choose... I actually think Sam Howell will be the second-best quarterback in that division this year, uh, above Dak Prescott what? and above Daniel Jones. That'll be my sleeper for fun. Um, I mean, he has the weapons. I don't think, it's, I don't think that's out of the... Yeah. Oh, I thought that was Kyle who shut his uh, camera off. I was it, like, Kyle's out. I'm going for sleepers and reach things that'll be fun. So that's what I'm yeah. doing. Um, and I feel pretty good about that. So yes, I'll, I'll repeat real quick. I got Seahawks versus the Bengals in the Super Bowl. Uh, MVP, I have Justin Herbert uh, with the Chargers going to the AFC Championship. 
Uh, rookie of the year. I God damn it, I don't remember who I picked. Uh, oh, uh, Bryce Young, because Panthers will make the playoffs. Uh, and then uh, sleepers, I went ahead and did Sam Howell. And then I also chose Jesus Christ. I don't remember who I chose. That's the first one. Jesus Christ. Uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't JK matter. J.K. Dobbins. Okay. J.K. Dobbins. Yep. Wow. Uh, Austin. <laughs> Alphabetical order time. Let's go. Uh, uh, I'm going to go with four my Super Bowl. Let's see. Um, not going with Bengals there. I'm going to go with, I think, the Bills this time. Uh, they're going to have their fifth fall. And I think uh, Brock Purdy with the Niners this year gets them back there. Uh, or, well, not back there, but gets them there this time without having a broken UCL. And uh, actually be able to throw the ball. And Mr. Irrelevant becomes Mr. Super Relevant and gets the Niners their first Super Bowl in a long time. So uh, that's my Super Bowl matchup right there. Uh, sorry, Bills fans, you're going to have to go to your fifth falls. Uh, at least you have Niagara Falls up there, so, you know. Oh, man. Enjoy that. Um, the worst part of Niagara Falls. What? No, but, like, the New York side of Niagara Falls is objectively the worst side. Yeah, we're not yes. going to start. But anyways. Go ahead. They have something. Um, and then my uh, MVP, I want to give it to Mahomes here, but seeing as we don't know what's going to be uh, happening with Travis Kelsey, I wouldn't be surprised if – Without him for a little bit, it, if that happens, um, they can game plan a lot easier around them. Um, not because Mahomes isn't a great quarterback without him, but because it's just that much different. And now you can bring a lot more pressure uh, that you couldn't with Travis Kelsey running out there. Um, so I'm going to say Mahomes struggles a little bit without him, uh, enough just to take him out of MVP conversation. Not where it's like, oh my gosh, what happened to Mahomes? But like, yeah, he's just, he won't be in the top. Uh, he'll probably still be top five, though. Um, and so I'm going to go with, honestly, if the Bills are going to get there, it's going to have to be Allen. Allen's going to have to produce like an MVP, uh, and show that he can be that guy. So I wouldn't be surprised if I'm going with that. I got to go with Allen as MVP this year. So he gets his first MVP. And then my rookie of the year is probably going to be Bijan. Um, I'm going with him instead of a quarterback here, just because I don't really care for the quarterbacks that got drafted and, or their situations they're in. It. We'll see what happens. Um, you know, Bryce Young could, um, but uh, I'm going to go with Bijan there. I think he's got a great uh, support around him there. Uh, there's some weapons around him, a few, um, and if they can get it, get it right, um, I wouldn't be surprised to see, um, especially having the defense they, they were able to conjure up last year. Uh, they should be at least as good this year, which would give them time to be on the field uh, and keep them in games to keep him uh, running that ball. So... And then um, we're doing – what are we doing? What's the other ones? Sleepers. Uh, sleepers. Sleeper sleepers. Right. Uh, sleepers. Okay. Uh, just one, right? doesn't matter. Yeah, do whatever. Yeah. I'm going Mac. Got to go Mac attack here. Oh. Uh, oh, Mac Jones, baby. He's bouncing back, and he's going uh, – I'm going – I'm going to give you a stat line, too. Well, 4,500 yards. Uh, give me – Lofty. Oh, yeah. He's going there. Because uh, he, he had, what, 38 hunt? The first year, I think something like that. It was close. Yeah, it was close. No, it's, it's, it's not that far off, yeah. to be honest. From where, if he's gonna take a jump, he's got it. So forty-five hundred. I think he has twenty-eight touchdowns, yeah. and you know, which is a reasonable number for him to hit too. And then, 
probably I think he, he shows just how accurate he really is and he's got five interceptions. Um and he completes for seventy two percent of his Yep. That's a Drew Brees stat line right there. Yeah, I love it. That is, baby. That is a very nice Drew Brees stat line. All right, I'm next. Yes. All right, I'm going to take things a little differently with the Rookie of the Year stuff. I'm going to pick, like, NFC offensive player, NFC defensive player, yada, yada, yada. I'm going to go that specific. Um, Super Bowl prediction? All right, I've got the Jags coming out of the AFC. It's Trevor Lawrence year three. Um, I think he's going to take a significant jump. And I'm looking at these NFC I'm looking at these NFC teams, and they're all fucking ass. <laughs> Except for the Eagles and the 49ers. Um, I think teams that lose Super Bowls have a hard time getting back there. I can't remember the last team that did it. It might have been the Buffalo Bills Patriots. in the nineties. <laughs> in four straight. It might have been they won the Super Bowl. Yeah, oh, right. It is the Patriots. Yeah, yeah, okay, it is the Patriots. You're right. Um before that before that, I think it was the Bills in the nineties. But you are correct, Steve. The Patriots did lose the Super Bowl and then went back the next year. You were correct. Um, I don't know if the Eagles, they lost a little bit on the defensive side of the ball. They lost Shane Steichen and they lost, um, John Gannon or Joe Gannon, whatever the fuck his name is, whoever's in Arizona now. Um, and I think it's going to be hard to replicate what they did last year. Last year, literally everything went perfect for the Eagles. I'm going to take the Niners, but I'm really not. I could see like the Lions coming out of the NFC. I think that's, I just think the NFC is incredibly weak right now. Like, and I don't think that's a hot take. <laughs> yeah. No. I uh, when, it com- when it comes to the MVP, um, I have multiple people who could win it, but if I'm going to pick the Jags to go to the Super Bowl and Trevor Lawrence to take that jump, I am going to pick Trevor Lawrence. I think he could get Jacksonville to, you know, 12 and 5, 14 and 3 this year. I don't think the AFC South is really that hard. Uh, the Tennessee Titans, I think, are going to be solid, but that's about it. And so I'm going to go Trevor Lawrence. I think they're going to be incredibly good this year. I think their offense is going to be clicking on all cylinders, especially with the addition of Ridley. For Rookie of the Year, I'm going to start in the NFC. I am going to go Bijan for Offensive Rookie of the Year in the NFC because he's Bijan fucking Robinson, and the Atlanta Falcons like to run the ball. They ran the ball 36 times a game last year. There's no reason his share shouldn't be about two-thirds of that every game. He easily could rush for 13, 1,400 yards and, like, double-digit touchdowns. For NFC Defensive Rookie of the Year, I'm going to take Jalen Carter of the Eagles. I think he's going to be really solid up front there. Uh, I think he's going to be using a lot of pass rush situations. He'll probably end up with six to eight sacks and probably about and probably double-digit tackles for loss. I think he'll be really solid. In the AFC, I'm going to take Zay Flowers uh, for Offensive Rookie of the Year. I know that C.J. Stroud go into that, which it easily could be, but I don't think the Texans are going to be really all that solid, and I think Zay Flowers has a really solid rookie year. With Lamar Jackson throwing him the ball, he could go over 1,000 yards. I think they have adapted their offense a little bit. They're going to be throwing to Odell and Zay a little bit more. Mark Andrews a little less. And you'll see more traditional styles out of Baltimore this season. And then for AFC Defensive Rookie of the Year, you're going to get Will Anderson Jr. He's going to feast in that D'Amico Ryan's defense. Uh, sleeper predictions. I do think Tank Dell is a good sleeper, uh, just rookie-wise. Tank Dell is going to be really solid. Uh, my favorite sleeper is Roshan Johnson, though, um, another rookie. He's in the Bears' backfield. I think by week six, he's probably RB1 in that backfield. I really love Roshan Johnson. He backed up Bijan in Texas. But he had more yards after contact and a higher missed tackle rate than Bijan did last year. So look out for Roshan. I like it, Jake. Okay, Justin, All right, Justin. Some stuff together. All right, so 
Most of that I probably won't be able to get, but definitely looking over previous scores and looking at a couple past years. I also went off of because I picked Jalen Hurts for my own fantasy league, so I'm hoping Philadelphia versus the Bengals as Joe Burrow is also still another good quarterback that just barely missed out on the Super Bowl a couple times. Uh, I had something else up. MVP, that I don't know. I guess it really just depends on who wins the game. Um, I would more likely say to Philadelphia with Jalen Hurts. But then looking at Rookie of the Year, don't know and not really sure about a sleeper, but I definitely hope Mac Jones is going to be better this year. Like yeah, I hope so. Uh, Kyle. All right, so for a Super Bowl matchup, I picked one that I want to see and then one that I actually think is going to happen. So my ideal Super Bowl matchup, how amazing would it be if we get Giants-Patriots, beautiful Giants getting to sweep Bill Belichick. It would be amazing. I would love it forever. Bill Belichick would put Daniel Jones in a fucking blender. No, no, no. Vanilla Vanilla Vic is coming out fiery. No, 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 no. That's Riley Leonard, bro. You can't call Daniel Jones Vanilla Vic anymore. Vanilla Vic. There's another Duke quarterback. In all seriousness, though, my actual Super Bowl matchup is actually going to be the Niners coming out of the NFC. As long as Brock Purdy can be somewhat half decent, as long as the Niners can actually stay healthy, I don't think there's really. I really only think there's one team from the NFC that can beat them, and that's the Eagles. Uh, and the Niners almost could, could have beaten them last year if they had a healthy quarterback situation. So I'm not really. I, I think the Niners are actually, are going to come out of the NFC there. Uh, but the team that I have coming out of the AFC may be a little bit of a surprise here, and I think they just built together a amazing offense this past season. And uh, they also, this team is going to have my MVP and Rookie of the Year on it. Uh, I actually think it's going to be the Baltimore Ravens. I saw that coming. coming up. Okay, that's coming good. Up. I saw that coming. So, uh, my official prediction is going to be Ravens, Niners, and the Super Bowl. Uh, so my MVP is going to be Lamar. I think yep. he's going to be throwing a couple thousand yards this year uh, easily uh, with Odell going out there. I think Zay Flowers is going to be the Rookie of the Year. I think he's going to put the a- the AFC North in a fucking blender. Uh, I think people are kind of underrating him, Zay. to be honest. I, I think people I are really Zay. Zay is am- I think people are really focused on other rookie wide receivers, and he's mm-hmm. just kind of sliding under the radar, and people aren't really focused on him. Or people are focused on Bijan, and they're just kind of like meh. Zay exists, but meh. So I really like what Baltimore is building over there. But my real sleeper coming into this year is going to be Drake London. I think Atlanta is going to be throwing the ball a lot more, uh, especially to really their only wide receiver they have. I mean, yeah, they have Cordero Patterson, who they can use as a slot receiver, but their really only deep threat receiver they have right now is Drake London. Uh, so I think Atlanta is going to throw the ball a lot more, especially uh, with their trying to build a better offense. Um I mean, Kyle Pitts is there, but they haven't really used him, so I'm not too worried about him like taking away targets or anything. So I, I think... think they're both going to eat this year. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, I, 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 I don't think see they both why Atlanta. To. I don't see why Atlanta doesn't try to throw the ball more. Like, are they really that like not confident in their quarterback situation? Like, they can't. It's they have so... to have faith in him at some point, right? They just drafted him. Like, let him cook. 
Do you want an actual answer to that question, or are you just being uh, hyperbolic? No, no, yeah, give me... (laughs) Uh, Arthur Smith comes from the Mike Vrabel school of football, and he had Derrick Henry, and he quite literally just... He loves the run game, and he's probably one of the best run game coaches in the NFL right now, behind Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan is the best run game coach in the NFL right now. Uh, But with Arthur Smith having Bijan, Tyler Algier, and Cordero Patterson, who I think works in as a slot for Atlanta this year... um, Arthur Smith's style of football is we want to run it 36 times a game because we need you to bite on play action passes. And honestly, I wouldn't be that confident in Desmond Ritter either. But I would be confident in Drake London and Kyle Pitts. <laughs> I, yeah, I think Drake London's got to go for close to 1,000 yards this year. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. that's fair. Uh, right, Steven, uh, since um, right, Nick is in the bathroom, Steven, you are, you are up, buddy. Let's go. <laughs> well, Nick already went too, so Let, we're going to uh... – for my Super Bowl pick, I'm going to get the NFC out of the way. I looked at it. They still have, I believe, the second or third easiest schedule. And I still got to give love to the New Orleans Saints. Here's the thing. They have a very easy schedule coming up. What people don't forget, they are going up against rookie or first year or Baker Mayfield type quarterbacks throughout the entire season. This is what they got. A star pass rusher in Cam Jordan. A great middle linebacker, I believe his last name is Littleton, and an unbelievable corner in Marshawn Lattimore. Those are three important pieces that you need. And I think this team can make it only because the 49ers and the Eagles are going to be very beat from the season. I think injuries are definitely going to play a factor, especially for the Eagles. And I think the Saints, if they're able to actually get the number one seed, which isn't as crazy as people think, if they sneak in and get the number one seed, they're going to have a very good path of hosting games. That is a tough st- a tough stadium to play in. And definitely some beat-up, higher-end NFC teams you can definitely win. And from the AFC, I want to say Jaguars. I really love them, but i got to give some love to Joe Burrow and the Bengals. And he's also going to be my MVP. Here's the thing. Joe Burrow has not had a solid right or left tackle. And his throughout his career, and he was an MVP candidate last year. He almost made the Super Bowl last year, and he made the Super Bowl the year before, and nearly won that Super Bowl. So, honestly, you give him offensive line where he has time to throw. That is not something you want with a connection to Jamar Chase. Oh, not to forget, T. Higgins is also there. Oh, not to forget, Tyler Boyd is absolutely insane. Oh wait, Joe Mixon still exists, so if they can run the ball now. You're totally fucked. So. Joe Burrow is my MVP. Bengals are going to go against the Saints, and I think Joe Burrow is going to get his Super Bowl. It's going to be crazy back-to-back year of MVP and Super Bowl, but I'm here for it. Now, for my rookies, I'm going to go with two for offensive rookie. We're all talking about him. i got to give it to Zay Flowers. From what I've seen in the preseason and training camp, this dude is insane, and he is going to be, he might become Lamar Jackson's new favorite weapon. That's why I drafted him and Mark Andrews, because those are going to be his weapons. But oh, Beckham, no. He's going to be a playoff weapon for sure. But these two guys are going to be insane. Now, for defense, I mean, I think Jalen Carter with a front seven that is already extremely dominant without him, him on his own. Here's the thing. If you're going to have Hassan Riddick and you're going to have your rookie linebackers coming in from the edge, 
Jalen Carter is going to have a much better time going up against, especially some lesser-known centers or lesser centers in the league. So I like Jalen Carter's chances. Now, for breakout players, it's tough. There are quite a few I really like. I'm pr- I know uh, definitely for sure we're going to see a lot of explosion from Marcus Jones because we're going to figure him out. We already see a lot of his potential. I think he's going to have four interceptions on the air, maybe a like three or four offensive touchdowns, one punt return touchdown, a ton of punt return yards, a couple of pass breakups. He's going to have a couple of big plays, maybe three rushing touchdowns. He's going to do everything this season. And then finally, Calvin Ridley to Trevor Lawrence. Calvin Ridley is probably, it could very easily be a 1,600-yard receiver this season. And it's just going to be insane. I can't wait to see it. Also because I have both of them in fantasy, and I could really use the help. Please, really, too great. Wasted a third or fourth round pick on you, please. Steve, I love the boldness, as always. Um, If the Saints are the number one seed in the NFC, uh, we're going to have a lot to talk about. (laughs) Yeah. I will. I can't wait for it. I will personally hand hand you the mantle of football protege. (laughs) The Saints are the number one seed. Oh, man. And on that note, we are set with that. We're going to go to the NFL divisional rankings. That quite simply just means that we're going to be ranking the divisions in the NFL. Is the NFC West the best division in football? Is it the AFC East? Uh, is it the NFC South? Hint, no, it's not. <laughs> it's obviously <laughs> but the AFC East, let's be honest. I, I also think it's the AFC East. But... Uh, I don't I think, don't so. think it's the AFC East. Uh, but that's... I, think... I think that's a joke. I think... I think they're top three. I think the top three. I don't I think, think they're the AFC East is the most They're top complete. two, and they're not two. <laughs> AFC is the mo- AFC East is the most complete division. AFC West is up there. Uh, AFC West the wasn't N- even what. And I was then the thinking. NFC West is there. I was thinking NFC North to be honest. Kind of, but oh, yeah, NFC North. AFC North. I don't know if I said it. Anyways, we'll get to that. NFC North, which is why my jaw dropped. I was like, what the hell? I did not mean NFC. I realized as I was saying it, and I was like, no, no, I meant AFC North. The AFC Um, North is up there, but I don't think it's the number one. But that's I think all four teams are going to be above 500. Do we have a tier maker for this? I'm sure there is one. Yeah, I'm sure we could find one real quick. I'm sure I could make one. I have about five minutes. So let's go ahead and see if I can get one real quick. Are we going to watch Nick's draft live, everyone? <laughs> Absolutely I was not, dude. jump into a call with everyone, so I was definitely not going to do that. Uh, let me see. NFL, <laughs> NFL divisions. Uh, NFL division tier list. There we go. Let's go. Well, no, but this is like the teams. Ah, shit. NFL division. We can just Here do we it. Go. I got it. it. I got it. We're we got it. it. Okay, let's go ahead. I was I had to figure this out last time. Let's do share screen. Let's share this. Bada bing, bada boom. Boom, you can totally see that I'm in a draft up top. And I had the NCAF up there. Okay. Uh everyone can see this, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Cool. Also you can see Saskatoon Sharks. That's my team name. That's my go to team name. Let's get it. Uh okay, so we do have <laughs> the divisions down here. This is just a touch too big. There we go. Perfect. Or too small. Um so we have our eight divisions here. We have first through eighth. This is actually perfect. I'm glad I found this. Um, I don't think there's much of a debate. I feel like They're last. that's pretty yes. obvious. Oh, I actually think there was seventh, to be honest. I think the, I think the other south is last, to be honest. 
Because I think uh, I, I, I mean, they're, they're both dog shit. It doesn't matter. I, I just think that the Jags is by far the best team of all these. I think that yeah, the Titans and the Jags are better than any team in the NFC South right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, wait. Did you say the Jags and the Titans? Is that what you yes, mean? both yes. of them are better than any team in the NFC South right now. I don't know if the Titans are better than the Saints. Uh, I do. I think they're, the Saints are better. They're than better. The Saints, co- they're better coach. They're better than the Jaguars. They're better coach. They've had a better record for the last like four years. And honestly, give me Derrick Henry over anybody on the Saints. So moving forward. Okay, I'm looking at this. And I'm trying yeah, to I'd think. Well, this is where it gets a little bit harder, in my opinion. Uh, I'm probably putting the. NFC North, to be honest. Okay. Um, I think the N- no, that's the NFC North. The NFC East is yeah. better than the NFC North. Yeah. Yeah. I literally could see three playoffs teams here. It would be hard. There to could be, be so, three teams from the NFC East. Yeah, I mean, weird. there were. There were three teams from the NFC East last year, and honestly, I don't think anybody in the a- NFC North is better than the Cowboys or the Eagles. It's the same argument we were just making. Eagles, but sure. I don't know about that. Uh, well, then so the, one thing, the one thing I will say with the uh, North versus the East at the same time, uh, Vikings were great last year, but they won eight one-score games. So that's just kind of... That would be my ranking. Ooh. Yeah, no. I agree with that. I don't necessarily. I think the AFC North could be swapped, but I'm fine with it. Yeah, I like the, the Chiefs being yeah, in the second tier doesn't make it. But I just look at like Chiefs and Chargers are two of the top three teams, and the Broncos are on their way up. I get the Raiders are worse, but see, I think you are overhyping the Chargers. Yep. Yeah, you so are. He no, just doesn't love what they're I'm not saying that the Chargers can't get there, but they haven't proved yeah. it enough. So. Like, I, I see four playoff teams in the AFC North and the AFC East. Yeah. That's, that's why I'm – That's fair. Like I see four. So, here's one thing you can say. So, uh, kind of ignoring the top, I mean, those three are ways they can kind of be interchangeable. I think AFC North is better only because, um, only because the Bengals are better than – the Bills, the Ravens, I do think are better than the Jets. The Browns and the and the Dolphins, it all depends on quarterback play. But what I will say, I would propose something too. The NFC West and the NFC East, I actually would consider flopping. Because hear me out. Oh my god. One, I don't have time to hear. The Forty ers and the Eagles are, I'd say, pretty on par with each other. They, there's some advantages here, disadvantages, that kind of stuff. The Cowboys and the Seahawks, the Cowboys are actually on on paper a better team. You always have to remember the Cardinals are probably going to be the worst team in the league this year, and the Rams are incredibly old. Now, the Giants have a good running attack and can definitely run the ball and can definitely throw the ball. Darren Waller. What are you fighting with Hmm? here? He wants to swap the Uh, NFC East and the NFC West, and I'm fine with that. I think he's right. I agree. Yep. Thank you. Great job, Steve. Okay. AFC North is the best division, but it's okay. This this list is fine. Okay, well that's an interesting <laughs> take. Anyway, if the Patriots are the worst team in their division, and we're talking about them getting eight to nine wins, that's probably the best division in football. So, but the, the Steelers also can because they have they do have a better defense than us. No, they and, don't. Yes, they do. No, okay. they don't. Well, okay. We'll talk about this offline, Steve. This, no, they fucking yeah, this don't. This could totally oh, be a bigger discussion. 
They uh, have awful. They have an awful cornerback room. No, they don't. I know this is just slightly a shorter episode because Kyle's balls were hurt, and then I also have a draft to get to. Uh, but we did want to make sure we got you a draft this week because I'm really the one of the only people that can live stream without their internet or computer breaking. Uh, we do appreciate you taking the time to see us with episode 80. We do appreciate your time on this Tuesday night. We do hope you have a great rest of the week. Please enjoy the NFL season that starts in just two days. Please continue to enjoy the uh, college football season as that is getting started this weekend. Uh, we do appreciate your time today and we will have our first week of NFL reactions next week. I'm very excited. I know everyone else on this call is very